Captain America. Mr. Lang. <laughs> it's an honor. I'm shaking your hand too long. Ah, oh, this is awesome. Captain America. I know you too. You're great. <laughs> Today's episode, Captain America, Civil War. Hey, this is Ryan from The Moon is Dead World, and uh, I am joined by my right-hand man, my my compadre, uh, Martin, Chris Martin. How's it going? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks for asking. <laughs> uh, this is the Blood and Black Rum podcast, um, and on this show, we always try to do something different all the time. And uh, normally we're taking on horror and taking on sci-fi and whatever the fuck else you can think of that's kind of weird and different and out there. B-movies. B-movies. Yeah. And, uh, but sometimes we do cover, you know, the main, the main events. And uh, not too long ago we did do a uh, review slash discussion on Batman v Superman. And Annihilation. <laughs> annihilation, oh boy! But well, I wouldn't say an annihilation, but definitely a a uh, rousing discussion based on the various flaws of that film. And uh, so we've been we've been trying to incorporate superheroes a little bit more in our film or in our film uh, uh, canon. Such and, a, it's not, you know, so prevalent these days. Oh yeah, I mean that's like every other movie that's coming out in the. In theaters, it's like, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't really go like a month without a new superhero movie. Well, you can't even go two weeks in that one because well, not right now. Because yeah. right now you have uh, today's topic: Captain America, uh, Civil War, Civil War, and in a week from now, about you have the new X Men film. Yeah. So I mean, really back to back. So really, we we thought. We gotta jump on this bandwagon. Not only that, we <laughs> we, did, we did hint at the end of Super Batman versus Superman that we uh we we're coming back uh, with Civil War to kind of see, right? So that we're not biased, not biased. So that people can say, you know, oh, they saw Batman v Superman. They're not they're not big DC fans. That's why they're they're giving it such a horrible review. Uh, so now we're putting our money where our mouths are, our my mites. <laughs> in plural form, uh, and Martin's mouth right now is on a on a beer can. But um, we are uh, kind of coming back, and we kind of want to we want to take a look at the Marvel universe as well because it, it's just interesting to see the two paths now that DC has really started their their film franchises. So uh, we're we're discussing Civil War today. Uh, definitely. Um, Difficult for us because we did not see some of the other films in the Marvel universe. Uh, I have not seen anything besides some of the Spider-Man films, um, which don't even count, right? Which don't even really count because there's a new Spider-Man. Um, I have seen Ant-Man, which barely counts because he's really not a huge part of of uh, Captain America: Civil War at all. And I think that's it. I think that's all I've seen within the Marvel Universe. I, I, you know, I, besides the other really good films that I've seen before, like Fantastic Four. Oh, that's God. not a part of this new franchise, but, well, you, but you very good. Get, you didn't get to see Chris I Evans. I did get to see Chris Evans in that as well. So, so uh, I guess in some way they're related. 
But so I haven't seen like uh, Avengers or the second Avengers: Age of Ultron. Um, I haven't seen coming into it any of the Captain America films. Uh, I haven't seen Thor. And for you, or Iron Man, for that matter. And yeah, for you... As I said, all I've seen is Avengers. I haven't seen any of the... you seen the first Avengers. The first Avengers, that's it. I haven't seen any of the Captain Americas, or the Thors, or the Iron Mans. I do want to eventually, like, do... Like, like I've said before on the podcast, I do want to get to it, but I just... Yeah. I haven't had the but time. But you haven't had a chance to yet. And and I do as well, and, and like a little uh, flash to the flash forward here... Uh, Based on Civil War, I am more interested in seeing the other films within the canon. Um, but yeah, it just it just kind of worked out that way that I maybe previously I didn't have as much interest in the the superhero films as I do now. Um, I mean, I, for me, it was more I just especially when like because Iron Man was the first one to come out, mm-hmm. Iron Man, Thor. It was more like I just didn't think it'd be, probably be that good, mm-hmm. so I just didn't bother. And, um, I kinda, Cap- Captain America, I did want to see, I just never got a chance to, because, you know, there's a period between after high school and, like, to college, I just didn't go to the movies at all. Hmm. Like, I would go to see, like, the new Bond films, and that was about it. And for whatever reason, I kind of lumped Iron Man in with, like, Transformers. I don't even know why. Like, you know, those kinds of big budget, uh came out like came out like like just a little right, bit after right so. around that same time sort of big budget um you know trying to cater to the to the geekier side of you know well nerd movie goers nerd culture is huge now yeah it's become popular i mean it's become popular for for uh the hot chicks in high school to now wear their captain america pjs they're they're nighty I know my sister, who I'm not saying is a hot girl in high school, um, that was a kind of a poor lead-in, poor choice of words there, but um, I know that she was asking for Christmas this year for fucking Captain America PJs, and it's like, you've not cared about comics. You make fun of me for watching anime and shit. Now you want your Captain America PJs. You want a pink Captain America PJs. Well, have you seen Chris Evans? He's... Douchey dreamy. Well, well, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but but seriously though, I mean, it has become such a big thing now that uh, and I, and then at that time I lumped Iron Man in with Transformers, big budget, lots of action, special effects. I, I don't know why, and and I had I was never really interested in Transformers. I saw the they had a, a double feature. Oh, I, um, I knew like from a, coming from a mile away that'd be a fucking train wreck. No, you need a car wreck. <laughs> I've always seen I've always seen the original Transformers, mm-hmm. and I didn't even want to see. I had to because it was freshman year in college, and they were playing it on our TV in Oswego. They like they had a cha- the, the college channel. They usually played a bunch of like new movies that just came to th- like right after they right. got done. Yeah, that, direct release. Yeah. Well, not direct release, but like as soon as they were done in the theater and before they were out on DVD, we had them airing on our uh, our cable. So. We could watch it. I remember like a couple of roommates like we're fucking watching this. We're fucking watching this too. And I'm like I don't want to. They're too bad. And they, you know, they're on the wrestling team, so they, you know. <laughs> I had the same sort of thing, except I was on a bus trip, and oh, they right. had a double feature Transformers one and two like back to back on the bus trip. Oh god! So I was pretty much forced to watch Transformers as well. It's either do that or like try to listen to your music and 
That's so awful yeah. back to back. That's I know. Can that, you imagine just like getting bombarded by Michael Bay just fucking for four and a, probably almost five hours because really Transformers is probably two and a half hours per movie. So yeah. The, the only thing worse than that would be like taking a flight and the only in-flight movies are literally Transformers 1, 2, and 3. Or Roland Emmerich films. Yeah. You could do like, you know, we're going to do Independence Day. Yeah. That'd Patriot! <laughs> That'd be rough even, as well. Even though Patriot's a guilty pleasure of mine. Then, then the, what the hell, was it? Shit, know. what's the the one disaster film with Jake Gyllenhaal? Jake The Daily? No, that's, the, that's, no, the, about, about climate change. Oh, well, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal, though? I can't think of, because uh, that's one that I remember FX always playing, and yeah. I watched it, like, twice, I and I was know. like, it's fucking awful. Drawing a blank. I, I can't remember. At least, at least, Patriot. I can. I know it's a bad film, but I, it's I, it's a guilty pleasure for mm-hmm. me. Like it's like, oh, it's so American. It's you know, even though it's an Australian man playing an American, it's, it's great. But he, like looking back, like Independence Day, which like most people like back in the nineties, this was fucking great. Yeah, watching I it never now, liked it. Watching it now, it's just like, oh, this is fucking awful. And now it's like twenty years after the fact. Like, hi, yeah, hi, yeah, Jeff Goldblum here. Yeah, hi. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I never those, really liked those, Independence Day. Uh, those alien uh, uh, bastards are uh, back in, and we're gonna, we're gonna take them out. But I think the roundabout message that we're that we're conveying right now is that the Marvel movies are not like. You know, Transformers, where they're the big budget special effects that really are vapid and they don't have anything to offer. I mean, they're well thought out. I mean, yeah, they're well thought out. And if you if you are questioning that, just take a look at their goddamn like release schedule, release schedule for tw- up till twenty twenty. That they definitely have put a lot of thought and, and energy into blocking out the timeline for this event. So, I mean. Anybody who's going to schedule things up to 2020 isn't just ripping shit off and be like, well, they got, you know, they've got a Black Panther character. Let's throw them in a movie. You know, they're, they're not ripping shit off like that to just, you know, take from a comic book page and then throw it into a film. They're yeah. definitely trying to incorporate it as much as possible within the, the universe. Well, of not only like that, with like, because of this, and I would probably attribute more so to Nolan's uh, Batman series. Yeah. With that helping aid, like geek culture and nerd culture, kind of becoming you know more popular. Yeah, uh, now that now it's becoming like a you know pop culture staple. There's a lot of people now who got more into the comics, more into the mythos and legends. So it's now if you fuck it up and just like yeah, and you don't take any care with it, you're gonna have a lot of people pissed off. And I think that's what happened with Batman v Superman is that there were a lot of people that were pissed, not at not at like the, yeah, I mean at the film itself as well because it it certainly is flawed. But at the idea that DC was trying to follow in Marvel's footsteps, and they really just kind of messed up the the beginning point to their franchise. At, at that point, it's like like when so much had so, so much, much time to say so much so that Ben Affleck is producing the next film. Yeah, he, to he's going to do it himself to make sure to make uh, from what I read um, to make sure that like shit doesn't get fucked up. Yeah, and I th- I think that's more you know it's as a film two and a half hours long and it's not that good. I mean, yeah, people are going to be mad. Like we were kind of upset. Because it's like this is taking fucking forever, you know. This this film felt like an in, in which if infinity. Which yeah. By the way, Civil War same length did not feel as right. Near, and we'll, not. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. 
But um, but just just to make that like yeah, like, com- to... like comparison, like Batman v Superman, constantly checking your cell phone to see how much time has passed throughout it. Civil War. Oh shit, the movie's over already. Right. And we're gonna try to refrain as much as possible from comparing the two films, like in our initial discussion of it, and we might move into that uh, a little bit later on. Um, so we're gonna try to refrain from specifically comparing the two until until later in the podcast um just for your reference but uh well i think we uh we got to move on to our our beer discussion first uh uh dig your clapping your hands let's let's get to it let's get to it uh before we move on to the uh official civil war discussion so uh we have a new beer that we got today. You got today. I did, yeah. You I'm bought it, and I didn't buy it. I'm a hero. You are. This is uh, a beer that I have never heard of before. Neither have I. Last week, we were drinking, or was it, or two weeks ago, was it? Two weeks ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago now. Wow. Time flies. Anyway, uh, two weeks ago, we were drinking a Brooklyn beer, and now we're drinking a Bronx beer. This is uh, from Bronx Brewery. It is a rye ale, and uh, you said that in uh, the store they also have another beer out as well. Yeah, American Pale Ale. American Pale Ale. Which, so, which this is the first time that I've seen around here, actually. Uh, yeah. Bronx Brewery, and I was kind of shocked to see at our local grocery store they had. I I don't even remember seeing it at the store. They no. might they might have just gotten it because Hannaford's kind of yeah. Uh, switch their beer selection around yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I was thinking about for shits and giggles, uh, getting a twelve pack of Miller Genuine Draft. So I was like feeling nostalgic for college and just wanted that shitty beer. <laughs> just sort of like, man, I can't believe I paid fifty cents a glass for this at you know Old City when it is uh, mug night. Nowhere carries it anymore to the point where I'm kind of thinking maybe Miller doesn't make Genuine Draft anymore. I don't know. Could very well be possible. Could be. So the one we're drinking tonight for the Bronx Brewery is a rye pale ale, um, which I don't know how much you've listened to our podcast in the past, but if you have, you probably know that we enjoy rye a lot. Rye is a great thing. Um, when we drink our liquor, we drink it with rye in it. Rye whiskey's great. When we drink our beer, we like a rye in it. Oh, I want that bread. I love bread, <laughs> rye bread. So when I order my toast at a diner, I order rye toast. Me too. So, they ever, they anybody ever, who orders goddamn white bread at a diner, it's like, you are, you, no, normally you can't really do breakfast wrong, yeah. like, you you know, like, uh, breakfast is really good, like, most things are good, eggs are good, waffles are good, pancakes are good, French toast is good, but if you order white bread at the goddamn diner, you're wrong. then you're, like, you're just doing it wrong. No, you just did I ever, didn't do did, it. Did I ever tell you, uh, like, my one cousin, they were in South Carolina, I think it was, like, South Carolina, they were at a diner there, um, they asked for rye toast and the waitress didn't know what rye bread was that's that's crazy who doesn't know what rye bread is well that and the, the thing too it's like you're fucking from the south yeah that's, that's like a like rye's a big thing is you grow it here yeah <laughs> this is where it blew, comes from bl- yeah blew my mind it's just like wow i would hate to live in a world where, rye? like wh- where's rye like what's you don't know what rye rye? rye toast is i mean this is not a diner this is a fake establishment yeah. you need to be closed down that's right because I, I agree. I go to a diner. You, you I, get a rye bread. I get a, like a Denver omelet. What's well, my toast? It's fucking rye. It's rye bread. Don't even come to me with that white toast crap. And that's why I like to brew it myself in my my belly. 
make the rye bread down there. But anyway, this uh, this Bronx Brewery beer uh, says it's been established since 2011, and like I said, we've we've never seen it before here. I don't know if they're maybe getting it. Maybe they're they've been like a more local to the Bronx Brewery, and now and they're really starting to distribute. distribute. Yeah. Um, but I've never had it before, and I think it's really good. Yeah, I, I, was, I was pleasantly surprised, especially. When you see the cans, because the cans are, um, they're kind, I don't want to say cheap looking, but they're, they're very, uh, um, simple. They're very, um, like a Genesee. Yeah. They, they look like maybe you're getting like a very, um, like a cheap sort of, uh, you know, domestic lager, Mm -hmm. something that's been made in bulk and, you know, not something that's more along the lines of a craft beer. So... And in a way, I, I I both, you know, sometimes that's a turnoff, but in this case, I actually like it. I like the design of it, and it's similar in the way to that Upstate Brewing Company's oh, yeah. simple, simple yeah, logo. It just, it just has the New York on it and yeah. Upstate around. Yeah. The, it, yeah, so it's similar to that that I kind of, that I like. And, and this kind of gives me, like, kind of gives, I'm spilling it all over the place here, <laughs> kind of gives you, like, a vintage feel as well, because it's, you know, it's kind of got that classic feel that you were talking about. Well, not only that, as, you know, we talk about kind of simplicity and classic, Bud Light's gone that route, which, if you listen to the podcast before, Bud Light is one of my most hated, not beers, beverages on the face of the earth. That reminds me, i got to tell an anecdote. Their, their, their new logo and, like, design, repackaging it, making it look like it's came out in 1985, is like, like oh, I kind of want, like, you know buy you because you look so nice and vintage but I know it's a trap and I know that's why they did it too because they were like, like oh yeah nobody wants you know the right. water splashing like because yeah. when you see like the water splashing on the case it's like oh you know this is water yeah yep and to go off of that too Keystone Light on their packs I saw it they have it labeled on it Star Spangled Stones and I was like oh you're hitting my America spot I kinda want to but I can't drink Keystone Light cause yeah. it's that fucking bad yeah so um besides Bronx Brewery which is really good you should give it a shot you should try to find it if you can I doubt if you don't live in New York State I highly doubt you'll find it I think it maybe the only out of state you might find is like probably in Jersey Jer- yeah, Jersey or Pennsylvania, Connecticut, maybe or something yeah. like that. Something in the tri-state yeah, area. Yeah. Down there, so, so you'll have you probably have a difficult time finding it, but uh, you know, hit us up. Maybe we can send you one. Let us know. Um, if you trade us, you know, you got to trade us something good from your local area. Um, but anyway, uh, real quick, I wanted to get to this. I went to uh, Saranac Brewery um, this weekend. And um, those of you who listen to us uh, a lot, uh, you know that we drink Saranac a lot. It's one of my favorite beers, uh, especially... Staple New York. Yeah, Staple New York. Uh, Went there, which is basically... It's the FX Map Company, which uh, makes Saranac, uh, because it was founded by FX Map. So, the tour that I went on is a little bit different than your normal average um, beer tour. Normally, when you go on a beer tour... Uh, you do a quick tour of the brew house. You kind of get to see uh, this is the big tank that we, you know, put our wort in, and this is the big tank that we ferment in, um, and then you get to drink a beer. But for Saranac, they have a very old brewing station. There, the this place that it's in, this this uh, factory is more like a um, like nineteen hundreds house. It's very, very old, and, and they've kept it uh, almost 
probably the same condition that it used to be in when they first started the company, because uh, it is one of the oldest uh, brewing companies in New York State. Um, probably the second oldest in Genesee. Yeah, I, I don't know if it. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know about that, but it is. It's very old. Um, I learned a lot of great things about it, and if you ever have a chance to get there, it's, it's a really cool place. I mean, the whole atmosphere of it's very cool, um, and they've kept it mostly in the same conditions. Um, but I did hear an anecdote from the tour guide uh, that FX Matt, who first started this company from the ground up, um, was actually, uh, you know, he, he, his brand at this time when he was doing it was not so widespread as it is now. Uh, he met with the, uh, the uh, owners of Anheuser-Busch. And Coors, they went to a bar. Owner of Anheuser-Busch orders a Budweiser. Order, owner of Coors, he orders a Coors. And FX Matt says, okay, I guess we're doing this then. And he orders a water. So it's just kind of a, a funny anecdote of... Uh, I don't think that's true, because I don't think... No, I, I don't think you would have gotten Adolf Coors and... Uh, I think it's Adolf Bush too, and the same. Thing. Maybe it was an embellishment, but well, it's not, still because not, not only that, because Coors wasn't served. You couldn't get it past east of the Mississippi until like the 1980s. Yeah, it's probably so. A joke, I I think that, I think that's bullshit. But it's, I, but it's that, pretty funny. That's a pretty good story. It is pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. So well, going off that too today, you know what I also saw at Hannaford? What's that? A six pack Utica Club in 16 ounce cans, and uh, which the, which is, uh, is like. Now, I think it's starting to kind of, you know... To come back a little yeah. bit. Yeah. They did have Utica Club on tap at Saranac. It was very good. Um, mm. It's very good. Uh, it tastes like... Was it better than when we had it at the one bar that served it? Yeah, it's, it's Cause very I, good. Cause yeah, all it's I, very refreshing. Because right? all I remember from it is just when I... Because I only had it the one time, and I've only had it at the bar that we went to. And just thinking, like, eh, it tastes like a normal kind of... You know. I mean, I thought it was really good. I thought it was very much in line with, like, Jenny. But at the same time, I think, you know, probably not a lot of people are drinking Utica Club, so that keg could have been, you know, yeah, old as all hell. It could so. be. Yeah, it could be. So you never know. I mean, theirs definitely tasted fresh, very, very... My dad didn't really enjoyed it, actually. Oh, he drank it very fast. Because oh. that was the only... Like, my dad's not into craft beer at all, so he wanted just a regular plain old lager. So he ordered, he ordered his ordered uh, his regular UC. He actually called it UC. So... Wow, he's old school. Yeah, yeah. So Was he, was he on the set of Dirty Dancing with... Uh, <laughs> Because you said in uh, Dirty Dancing they drink Utica Club throughout. I'm like, where, was that film like made in fucking Syracuse? Like, how like how do they get their hands on Utica Club then? Were, were they filming like the whole like holding her out of the lake and like the polluted finger <laughs> lakes? You know, that's never. When it came out on the tentacle then. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, Syracuse was a really cool experience. Uh, you should definitely go. I also learned that it means cluster of stars. Did you know that? Well, yeah, like a mohawk in Cayuga. Uh, yeah, it's actually, uh, Saranac is a... Onondaga would be your uh, Oneida. It'd be like, o uh, Utica's right around, like, a mixture of, yeah. like, Cayuga uh, Onondaga. I, 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 now I can't remember exactly where it came from, but it means cluster of stars. Mm. So, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. They have, they actually have a shirt, Saranac shirt, this and it's got cool. a cluster of stars on it. Mm. Pretty, pretty cool. There's, there's, name, there's your little trivia for name a beer like that. Like, yeah, Cluster of Stars. Stout, yeah. or, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But, so that was a really cool experience. If you ever get down to uh, Utica, New York, definitely stop into Saranac. You'll, you won't you won't uh, be disappointed. I still gotta do something like that. Yeah? yeah? You gotta get there. And you gotta take the Amagang tour. 
We should probably do that actually this summer when there's not a show playing. Now. Yeah, because they don't do them during shows. Which would be which is sad because think about it. I would love to go like if they had it like open for half a day. Yeah, like we went to go see Wilco you get there, there early. Do get the there tour. early, do the tour, then go see Wilco. Be fucking amazing. Or like same thing when we went to see Modest Mouse. Yeah, because yeah, they, I mean they're but. pretty they're pretty generous when they give you samples as well. They they like take out like literally bottles. And just start just you know, pouring, pouring like, them out. Yeah. It's like, that's yeah. what I like about like when we go to the Saratoga Beer Fest sometimes. Like, you see like some people, they kind of pour it like a little bit. Like, oh, here you go. But like, you go to like guys who are like, you know, really, it's like, here you go. <laughs> just yeah. like pour your glass, like overfilling. It's like, thanks, dude. Yeah. And, uh, any, anything else that you had this uh, this week that you wanted to discuss? Nope. <laughs> nope. Nothing else, huh? No, nope. Just been sticking to the huge. Yeah. I did have a lot of the Saranac, uh, like, reserve wine. They, uh, I don't think they, they, it's not a reserve wine, they call it something else, but basically it's, it's the stuff High that peaks. you're not, huh? High Peaks? Nope. Wasn't that either. I was say, because that's yeah. like where they're like, in double imperial style, they're orange no, imperial it, style, they're triple IPA and all that. It, it wasn't that, but it was, it's, I mean, it's something like that. It's like their private stock, they're, you know, the stuff that they save for, at the brewery, really, you're not going to get it outside of the brewery, and I do think they we're are probably, starting we're to probably put like kegs because I know, like, we yeah. were talking about the one place around here that you know they just got brewer's blood, and yeah, I, I think you are. They are going to start bottling brewer's blood a little bit, like not not a ton, but maybe I like, did see bottles a, of brewer's blood there. They had them there. Might be for their fall pack then, because it, it could it, be from the sound of a red, a double red IPA. They yeah, made up a fall. it could, it could be. Uh, like they had like sample bottles, like they they were just showing. And so it has a really cool label, actually, very very blood red label, which I loved a lot. So it, it definitely could be coming out for fall, maybe that could be that could be the case. But um, so I had yeah I had Brewers Blood, which is double red IPA. I had um, what's it's a Raven Nordic IPA, which is a, a double black IPA or an Imperial. Um, and then I had the Brett Saison, which is basically it's like a sour beer, so it's kind of like a ghost. Uh, theirs was very sour, but I, I enjoyed it quite a bit, actually. I enjoyed that one quite a bit. And these are all, like, close to nine range for uh, for percentage-wise. So, I was... And they don't give you a full... Uh, so, normally when you go there, they give you two drink tickets, and you go to the bar, and you just order a beer, like you normally would. Uh, and you get two free drinks. With the with the reserve ones, though, you get, like, you get like a nine-ounce. Like yeah, nine you get a nine-ounce instead. Um and so, but I definitely, after those three, because somebody else gave me their beer ticket, I was definitely feeling it after those three. Yeah, I with, imagine. With three, like, close to 10% beers, yeah. yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, definitely try to get there. And you'll have to get there as well at some point. I gotta hit up a lot of breweries around yeah, here. you do. You do. Gotta be more adventurous. Maybe, <laughs> we'll, just, maybe we'll just hop in our kayaks and... Travel down. You have no, you where have, there's water, there's breweries. Yeah, you you have fun going down the Mohawk. <laughs> or not down, up the Mohawk on that one. Yeah, that'll be a light. That's while, right. While you're at it, because you're going to be around the Erie Canal, you know, sing Low Bridge, <laughs> and hopefully a donkey's pulling a a boat. That's right to get to Lockport. <laughs> But we got to get to Captain America Civil War here. We're already, you know, 27 minutes in here. Well, you don't have to remind people. Well, I'm just saying we got to get to it. This is our this is our episode here. This is the uh, the piece de resistance. The meat and potatoes. That's right. 
The meat and potatoes. Got salad out of the way. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's the entree, or the appetizer before the entree. The mozzarella right. sticks. That's right. That's right. Yeah, actually, people do have their drinks a lot of times, like, before the main course. Well, you, you know. They're aperitif, I think they call that. Oh, wow, that's yeah, fancy. French, French. I watched Hannibal. I know. <laughs> so I'm the only one. <laughs> so, with uh, Captain... No! I can't believe you said that. <laughs> Did it get canceled? Bring back season four. See, there you go. That's why. It got canceled. If I more love people, it. If, I'm not it, saying it's bad. People weren't ready for it on NBC. That's the thing. Oh, it's too it's... smart for NBC. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, Captain America Civil War. We gotta we gotta we gotta get to the to the real superheroes of the day here. Uh, so for those of you who um, have not seen Captain America or Iron Man or Avengers. Sorry, we can't fucking help you because we haven't either, so we don't know. Uh, we picked it up uh, just as it does in, in Civil War. So, really, both of us were kind of like thrown into the mix there. I felt like I was, you know, running around with Captain America just not knowing what's going on. Like, like as a civilian, like when, in the opening scene when they're, uh, you know, trying to track down a terrorist and it's like, hey, you know, they're like, Following yes. them, and it's like, hey, what's going on? Like, you're like, you're like hey, Cap, what's going on? This is going on? Okay! That's right. And you kind of just have to go with it. And and I think that's true of, like, anybody coming into this, but at least if you're coming in from Avengers or the previous Captain Americas, you at least know who it is that they're working with, you know, for the Avengers team. And you know kind of where they're coming from. I mean, at least, like, where they left off previously and what's coming up. So, if you're like, uh, let's say you're 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 new to this whole thing, you're trying to figure out what the hell is Captain America: Civil War about? Uh, well, Civil War is about basically uh, Captain America and the rest of the superheroes, the kind of the Avengers. Uh, they're kind of they they get the job done, but they're also so powerful that they sometimes accidentally cause a few, you know. Casualties in the process. That's called collateral damage. It's collateral damage. The great and, Arnold Schwarzenegger film. <laughs> yes, collateral damage. And so, the public slash government, they want to kind of limit the superheroes to doing what they say is is okay to do. So, the government is basically going to dictate whether the superheroes step in or they think they got it under well, not control. not just government, but, but it, the world but government. The, yeah. The wor- Which... Hmm. Kind of reminds me of a film. What film is that? Batman v Superman. Didn't we do that one? We did. Oh, but that's DC, right? We don't like them. <laughs> but we'll, 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 we'll talk about that point yeah. like after the we'll, summary. We'll get to that. After. But basically, the whole point of the film is the Avengers do their what they consider their job. If you, th- if you think about it, is it really their job? No. Are they getting paid for it? No. It's just they. They're doing what they, they think, do it because yeah. they can do it. Yeah. So they're superhumans, or not just superhumans, because like in the case of like aliens robots. and robots, in the case of like Hawkeye and Black Widow, they're just you know really really good talented human yeah. beings that are above normal that can you know as a team can stop threats to Earth and people. And basically, the plot of the Civil War is that governments around the world. They see the collateral damage that's kind of happened to this. They don't like it. It threatens their sovereignty. threatens their power. They want to keep the Avengers under control 
under the UN so they can basically tell them this is what you need to do, this is what you can't do. And basically so it's a paramilitary group under control right. by the governments. And where the Civil War part comes from is you have two major conflicting points, which is Captain America saying, we don't need to be controlled. Sure, there's some damage, but we are out for the greater good. And sometimes fighting for the greater good, there will be sacrifices that, that need to be made. We need to have the freedom to operate individually right. alone. And, and the biggest thing is that he's concerned that now the world governments can dictate whether they step in or not. Because they, they're, they're thinking that no, most of the time, the superheroes will know best when they need to step in. Well, not only, not only that, like, if it goes against their own consciousness, like, they think they should fight somewhere, but the government are telling them, like, no, don't intervene. Right. They're, not, they're not allowed to because they've signed yeah. the, the Sokovia Accords that say, nope, you can't. Yeah. You know, no matter if there's major casualties, they say no, you don't go. Yeah. And then you have Tony Stark, Iron Man's side saying that they need to be controlled, they need to have some kind of supervision, and that they need to sign those accords and fall in line to what the general public sees fit for them to do. Mm-hmm. And then the chaos ensues. Right. So it's 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 a superhero against superhero. Uh, Tony Stark's Iron Man against uh, Captain America, fighting not because they hate each other, not because they don't like each other because one's, one's a god and one's human, but because... Well, no, 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 right. I, Captain America's not a god. No, I said not because of I know, like but, referring to oh. Batman v Superman. Oh, yeah. But because they just differ within their own philosophies of what really makes up a superhero and how they, how they can work within this world. So it's pretty good, I mean... When you think about it, that whole plot is is a very interesting layer. Uh, but not only that, kind of make the comparison that we don't want to. It's literally the same comparison as Batman v Superman. Right. The only difference is you don't have a god complex nope. thrown in here, right? Like, where it's obviously like he like so, like. For in this instance, like Captain America's Jesus, he's going to save us. You don't have that in this film. If you took that away from Batman v Superman, it's basically the same thing. Because Batman v Superman, Batman's principles—he's a vigilante. Mm-hmm. He fought, you know, he fights on behalf of others who can't fight for him. And Superman, though he's a vigilante himself, is like, no, we must do what you know the government asks of us and stuff like that. That's the overarching principle, and you have a and a a, a villain that is really playing them against each other. Because mm-hmm. in, in Batman v Superman, you have Lex Luthor, and in this film, you have Colonel No Name. Right, and and I think and see, actually, we'll get to that later. We'll get to the we'll get to the to the discussion about where they they what's good and bad about both of them later. Um, I think we should hold off on yeah, that for okay. now. We'll, we'll we'll get to that later, um, but. So we have this setup uh, that sort of it differs slightly from the comics because in the comics the, the the Sokovia Accords aren't just you know you sign your name that yes you'll participate in whatever the government wants you to do 
In in the comics, it's as, more so as you a, are a superhero. You sign your name. I, I I haven't read the comics, but because I wanted to play Marvel Ultimate Alliance two when that came out, because it was based on Civil War. Mm-hmm. That like I really wanted to because I. I did play Ultimate Alliance, the first one. Loved it. It was one of the first ga- is a game that came packaged with my Xbox 360. Actually, I loved it. Played it several times. I thought it was great. Um, I, from what I know, of Civil War. From what I can gather, because I haven't, like I said, I haven't read the comics. The act that they're supposed to sign isn't just for the Avengers. It's for all superhumans. Everybody. Every hero. They're supposed to register with the government so the government can keep track of them. And I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong, you may correct us in, you know, comments and yeah. whatnot. Yeah, because I haven't read it either. But that's from what I understand it. And, it, like, that makes sense from, like, an overarching comic book principle, because if you want to have a bunch of people in this big Marvel, like, Civil War, where you ha- can throw in a bunch of different heroes and villains and stuff, to make it, you know, about registration for superheroes and people with superpowers, that makes it a lot broader and you can, you know, throw in a lot right. more people. Whereas this is just focused on the Avengers, you know, you can just focus on. And, yeah, and, and for a film, it makes more sense that they focus on a more narrower they have a, series of Yeah, because they haven't introduced, because at this, at this point, X-Men, not a part of, uh... No. Of the Marvel Universe, because if, if it was, they wouldn't be releasing an X-Men film two weeks after Civil War. Right. Um... So they're they're limited to wh- who they've already established within Avengers, mm-hmm. who they've already established in uh, standalone movies mm-hmm. like Ant Man and uh, you know all some of the other ones yeah. that they've had, uh, or who have shown up maybe in like TV series or something that they can kind of referentially tie in. Well, they do mention like in the film Shield and whatnot, but at the same time, it's like have we really seen Shield in any of the films? Yeah. Not really, as far as I know. Again, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Cause I, I have no idea. I haven't seen anything outside of the Avengers, and I don't. From what I like, read from like summaries and stuff of other films, I haven't seen anything of like Shield being involved. So, mm-hmm. outside yeah. of you know the TV show, Agents of Shield, yeah. yeah. But it's a very simple premise, but it works very well. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. And um, so, I think maybe the first thing we got to talk about is uh, all of the characters that we get because. We do get quite a few characters in here, and many of them are not mentioned by their superhero name. They're mentioned by their real name. So that great way to keep a secret identity going. That's right. Yeah. You know, you, you it, if you want to keep your identity a secret and you're out fighting, you definitely want to mention them by their first and last I hope, name. I hope in the Justice League film they're like Bruce, Diana, I know Clark, you know, or Kal El. You know, just at the same time, I think that. For, like, these superheroes, it kind of it has a closeness. You know, no, they, they, they I, have a close... You know, no, I, I, I understand that, yeah. but at the same time, it's like... Come on, like, don't don't be... Like, right. That's, like, just being stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think, like, that for, like, newbies coming in is going to be confusing. Because if you don't know some of the characters... Uh, it, I don't even know how. I don't, do they even mention like Scarlet Witch's? No, they don't. No na- name at all. No, like they just I didn't, always call her Wanda. Yeah. So like as I told you, I didn't know she was because like I said, we haven't seen the films, so I didn't even know that was her until I looked after I watched the film. Like went to like the Wikipedia. I'm like, oh, that's Scarlet Witch. Like, oh, okay. Like, cause that wasn't yeah. obvious to me because there's a lot of uh, people in the Marvel universe that have like you know telekinetic powers. You yeah. Know, for. I mean, I'm not saying it was going to be, but it could have been, like, for all you know, it could have been Jean Grey. Right. 
I mean, granted, they want to call her Wanda. I don't know why I made that comparison, but you know, right, right, you right, know. right, yeah. But I mean, like Falcon, like, I knew like Falcon, like War Machine, and all that. But if you don't know, if you've never yeah. heard of them before, well, because as as we'll talk about, like when uh, they have the discussion on whether or not they should sign the accords, and you see a Hawkeye go, "I'm not doing this. I'm out," and he retires, and then he comes back later, I'm like. Shit, I didn't know that was Hawkeye earlier because right. they didn't have the camera focused on him like really, so you didn't get to see it. Because I knew what I know what Hawkeye looks like from seeing Avengers, right? But like right. they didn't have the camera focused on him at all or anything like that, so you couldn't really see who was talking. And so when he shows up in the later film, I'm like, oh, so that was Hawkeye earlier? Like, oh shit, you know? Right, right. So <clears throat> I guess where we should first start out with is. There's kind of a framing story to this Civil War. There's the there's that villain that we talked about earlier that is creating this problem, dis, this, this, this yeah, the, the descent between the two sides of Avengers. And so we, for, I want to say like maybe an hour or so of the film, the first part of the film, that is the biggest part of what's occurring within uh, the, you know, Civil War itself. There's this guy who's causing some uh, confusion as to who's actually doing these bombings, like the, the bombing of the UN. Is it Bucky Barnes, who is the Winter, the Winter Soldier. Soldier, who has been, you know, Captain America's rival slash friend before, or is it someone else who's trying to set him up, uh, who has been using him because he's been brainwashed, basically? And well, so, that, well, the, the Winter Soldier, the Winter Soldier is Bucky Barnes. He's a uh, right. He's been brainwashed in before because he was um, in the comics. He was uh, Captain America's sidekick, but he gets captured and brainwashed by the right. Soviets into becoming a super soldier, like Captain for him with a metal arm. Yeah. So, um, so is it him that's actually doing these these bad things, or is it someone that is kind of working those, you know, pulling the strings? To make him into this bad guy. And so, the first, you know, the first, like I said, the first hour or so of the film is really dedicated to setting that up, setting up a couple flashbacks that we see, um, and, you know, pursuing Bucky Barnes uh, heavily. You know, so Captain America's really set out to find Bucky because... Technically, they're friends. You know, and he prove doesn't it and try to prove his, prove his innocence. So that's all kind of just the setup for but the not, Civil but War I, itself. But not only that, it's not just that. It's the fact that before even that all happens, you have the Secretary of State coming in saying that the Avengers need to be reeled in and they need to be under government watch. So you have them fighting over that idea. And so then when all the... Stuff with Bucky happens, Captain's like, I'm going to save him, and Tony's telling Captain, like, you don't have that authority, you can't do that. You know, we've agreed to these accords, you have to fall in line. And Captain's saying, well, I'm not going to do that, he's my friend, I'm not going to abandon him. Right. I'm going to do what I think is right. And that's the point they hammer home pretty clearly that Captain's one of those people that if he sees somebody in help or need or anything in distress, he will go and help them. Like, right. Because he even says, you know, he doesn't want to be this way. And then yeah. they say, no, you're, you know. You no, do you if really you, do. You do because you like it for your own grand. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And, and he's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so I mean, the, it, it definitely is the two sides of the philosophy. And uh, so what did you think about, you know, 
how, where Captain America's coming from. I mean, does that seem like uh, like a real character trait that he would have? Yeah, because that's superheroes out of their own nature. Like the idea, unless it's like Booster Gold or something. Which, by the way, DC make a Booster Gold film, um, or make him a playable character in the next Injustice game <laughs> and they release that because that would be awesome. But when you think about it, to be a superhero, you have to want to be able to do it because out of benevolence. Right. Just the idea of it. It's You have to want to do it because you're that benevolent. Like, you don't want to see what you perceive as evil to triumph. You want to help people that you see in need. And Captain America fits that. Like, that's... Yeah. Is, he's, that's exactly what he yeah, is. He's, yeah, he's... Like, it's like Superman. Like, he has to, you know, try to fight the, you know, the evil so he can... Not him himself, but I mean, so, like, you know, people in need and distress can be helped and saved. Yeah. That's why he takes up, you know, when you see him in the opening, and they're fighting, and they're trying to stop, you know, the terrorist attack, and you see collateral damage get done. He's sad about it. He hates it, but at the same time, he knows this is what needs to be done to achieve, like, a greater good. Yeah, it happened yeah. because it had to, to take down... The greater threat. The, yeah, the threat because otherwise more shit would have been yeah. happening. So, like, it's the same sort of thing that we see in Batman vs. Superman where it's like, well, would you rather them just let an alien force see, rampage? Well, see, like, because you can make, like, the discussion's interesting because at the same time you can make, like, the argument with, like, modern day things. You could say, well, should we be doing this just in the name of greater good? And if it's something, like, for instance, like, should we be doing drone strikes on, you know, Afghani towns and whatnot? Because, like, well, we think we might take out, like, a leader of Taliban, but we might kill civilians. That, that to me, is a different moral discussion, because at the same time, like, that, it's totally human. If you're equating to what the Avengers do, like, in the first Avengers film, they're fighting Loki, the god of mischief, and having people, you know... Beings from Asgard attack aliens. Totally different. If, like, the Avengers might induce a little collateral damage in, like, the line of that, you know what? Then so be it. Right. Because what's the human, mil- you know, what's America's military going to do against the god of mischief? Yeah. Fucking nothing. Yeah. What are they going to do if, like, you know... You know, like, when you've been... Because Guardians of the Galaxy, which we forgot to mention, I haven't seen yet either. If you have, like, an alien threat attack... Right. You know, what are you going to do? You know, what are, what Just let it go? What going to do? Nothing! They're not going to... They have no power to do anything. Right. So you're, like, you're... As I said to you before, it's like, they have to rely on the benevolence of these super beings. You have to... You, like... There's nothing... Per, like, you can tell Captain America and Falcon and... War Machine and Iron if, if War Machine and Iron Man didn't fall in line, all of them, you could tell all the Avengers, like, you're under, you know, you have to follow these strict UN guidelines. And if they don't say okay, then what? You're fucked. The only thing you could do is get the the other Avengers that do fall in line to try to go. Get yeah, them, what if they, is, but, but again, if none of them did, like, no, we like our, you know, group right. is what. Hey, what are you gonna do? It's yeah. the same. It's the same problem with like the Justice League in Batman versus Superman. Like, well, we gotta control Superman because he's got godlike power. What if Superman says no? 
Yeah. What if Batman says no too? Like, if say they're on the same side of the coin, it's like, well, you're fucked because who's gonna, you know? I mean, Lex, yeah, Lex is a threat to them, but at the same time, for the most part, it's like unless you have some kind of extreme person circumstance to kind of circumvent the whole event, you're fucked. Right. You have you literally if such super beings were to exist, you have to rely on them being benevolent. Because if, if they're not, then, like, they're not, they don't have to be beholden to governments and whatnot, because their power clearly shows they don't have to listen. If they really didn't, like, what was going, like, Captain America, like, sure, he breaks out of prison at the end and all, you know, and breaks his friends out. But if you really wanted to go rogue, he would, like, go down, like, nah, fuck you, get, and get rid of them. Right. But he doesn't do that. You can easily do that, yeah. Well, and I think, um, you know, with Captain America, we don't see, you know, he doesn't really have any casualties caused specifically by his hand. Whereas Iron Man, we see Tony Stark, he's confronted by a woman who, who basically says, you, you caused the death of my son. You, you, you were the reason why he died, and I blame you for that. And which is really the impetus for him signing the Sokovia Accords. And so... We have these two sides of it. You know, you have Captain America who, yeah, he's been involved in some casualties, but they haven't really directly been, you know, stated that, oh, you caused it. But at the same time, Captain's been a soldier, So especially during World War II. Right. It's not like... He's used to Well, not only that, it's not like today where... If, God forbid, any somebody dies in, like, Iraq or Afghanistan, they get sent home and you have, like, the body. Yeah. And you have, like, the, like, the memorial tribute. where they fell. In World War Two, you didn't see, bo- you know, bodies getting shipped back over to America. Yeah. You were buried, you know, where you were. <clears throat> excuse when me. you had time. When you had time and you were, like, and for the most part, memorialized in grass, you know, massive graveyards. So, totally, so, you know, because it's totally different philosophies. Right. You know. So, I mean, what we're getting at is that it totally makes sense that Captain America and Iron Man would really clash with these two philosophies. Because Iron, Iron Man's a civilian, too, when you think right, about it. Right, He's a, he's he's a businessman. Yeah. He's a civilian. He's, he's not, he doesn't have the same background that Captain America does. So, the interesting thing, though, and this is not just for the film, but in general for the, for the, the comic... Is that it's it's Captain America and Iron Man that are clashing? Like, you, I mean, you have people that fall in line with them, but you don't really see their reasoning behind it too much. I mean, Falcon's following Captain because he's friends, right? Exactly. And Ant Man's following Captain because they got to him first, which you see in like the clip the clip we played in the beginning. Like he's just like, oh, hey, hi, hi, hi. yeah, you know, hi, they hi, got hi. to him first, and there's really no reasoning behind it. And it's like, spoiler. Yeah, I haven't noticed throughout this uh, discussion yet. Spoiler alert, Spider-Man's following Iron Man. Why? Because Tony Stark said he's a bad man. Yeah. I mean... And he gave him a new costume. Yeah, and Black Widow's following Tony at first, but then betrays, you know. But I think that's part of, you know, when given a movie like that, you have limited time, obviously. You don't have. But you don't really need to know everybody's like. You don't. But it's just interesting. I, I find it interesting that they 
you know, for whatever reason, it was chosen that Captain America and Iron Man would be the two that are feuding. Because that's what was in the comic. Right, no, I'm, I'm saying in the comic as well. Not just in the film, but in the comic, well, it's interesting that they chose Captain America and, and Iron Man. Well, who do you want defending uh, the Avengers signing the Accords Thor? A god from Asgard who decided, like, yeah, you know what? We should be controlled. <laughs> I just, no, I, should, just I, I think everybody should be able to lift up Milnor. Let's like, you know, try to get yeah. that, you know, that to happen. I just think it's interesting. I'm not saying that they like with with the film Civil War. They didn't. Yeah, yeah. They, I'm not saying they didn't do a good job explaining why they are battling. But I just found it interesting that those are the two characters. I, I can see Captain America being on the side that he is because mm-hmm. he's Captain America. Freedom, liberty, right? He, right. The freedom of choice, the freedom of being able to do what you know. And Iron Man coming from. a a business perspective, Tony Stark yeah. is often limited by the choices that he has to make. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it, t- it totally works. It, I get it. I, I was just, you know, just playing devil's advocate. Like what if somebody else was to be the main people behind the civil war? What would happen then? Uh, just a, it's just a fun little, little thought riddle. process that I have there. A little riddle me this. That's right. That's right. But, uh, so, alright, how are the action sequences within, uh, Civil War? Great. I thought they were really good as well. They were well done. They were... I, I, I gotta say that, you know, Chris Evans is looking ripped as ever. He is looking as douchey as ever. And as douchey as ever. I, you can't I, get over that. I, I literally can't. Every time he makes, a, like, a face and a smile, I, all I think of is, like, proto-douchebag Evans and, like, uh, Scott Pilgrim or, uh... Not another team movie. Like uh, I'm, I'm Jake. I'm the quarterback. I'm gonna. And even in Fantastic, Fantastic Four as well. I don't even really remember if it's Human Torch that watched. He's honest. pretty douchey in that as well. I, I mean, know, he, no, I, I know he's not. It's a given. No, I know he's, he's douchey, douche. but because he, he's got such the short haircut and that, I can't like relate. <laughs> right. Not, yeah, and not another, that, yeah. not another teen movie. He's got like the same hair but black, and it's like every time he makes like a grin, it's like, oh my god, you're such a douchebag. That's like I, I mean. Granted, I think he does. I think he does well as Captain America. I, I think, think he's good. I, I, think he's good I, I do think he's you know good. I can't help though. Every time he's like, "Well, Tony, I think we should do this," and I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> then he smirks at Dan. It's like, "Oh, you're such a fucking douchebag." <laughs> well, it's like, "Oh, you're so, oh. you know." All I could think of was that helicopter scene where, you know, Chris Evans is pulling that helicopter out of the sky. One arm on the helicopter, the the bottom of the helicopter, on the landing pad, on the landing the landing gear. One arm on whatever he's holding, the railing, the helipad railing that he's holding. And just pulling that helicopter in and his fucking muscle is just popping out of his arm. I was like, I, I'm in. I'm gay. <laughs> That's it. Look at that muscle. I mean, seriously. That thing was like Mount Everest of muscles. I don't know. Did, did you not think so? No, I didn't. I mean, when comparing that, and you're like, oh, Chris Evans, pulling no. a fucking helicopter. No, no, I was, like, I was too busy. Like, I, I was too busy thinking, like, Jake, Jake, about to make a big mistake. Even oh, that's what you're the way. And then you're like, then you're like Robert Downey Jr., you know, fierce beard and everything. Yeah, be- beard. That's well, like, like whatever you call totally, that thing. Totally, that he's got. totally you know, pencil, like, pe- studded. Studded beard or whatever yeah, he's totally, got there, totally which is pretty awesome as well. It's like a comb on his face, <laughs> something like that. But anyways, you know, you've got obviously, you know, it's got to be Captain America that wins. 
I just I just can't see Iron Man beating someone who pulls a helicopter down and his muscles popping out of well, his to be, to be fair, Iron Man's not in his suit in front. That's true. Ninety percent. of That's the true as well. He's That's true. He's not in his suit. That's true. But yeah, the action scenes are really good in this. Very well done. Um, I will say, you know, the 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 first part of that clash where they're like running at each other, a little cheesy. Well, yeah. But, I mean, that's the trailer. Because that's, that's coming from... Well, like, yeah, I mean, but yeah. at the same time, that, that's the trailer shot. You got it. Like, so you really know when you're watching the trailer, this is a civil war. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it was pretty cheesy. But 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 other than that, the action scenes were really well done. Re- I'm sorry. Really well done. Um, some of the really cool shit was, like, Bucky Barnes jumping down stairwells and stuff. He <laughs> Really good, though. Well, I find it funny because uh, when, like... By the way, this film... Globetrotts, like it's like a bon- oh yeah, like it's, it's a, like it's like a Bond film yeah, from the sixties. Like, it's like a Vampire Weekend video saying like, Moscow. Like it does. You're huge. Right. There you go. Letters. There you go. Yeah, you're right. They do use like Vampire Weekend like you know yeah. title cards for like this where is like an at. Instagram title card. Like I'm in Moscow now. Yeah. yeah. So you do have that, but I mean you. I mean at the you had the one point where after the bombing happens that kills Black Panther's father. You have, uh, in Budapest, Bucky Barnes is, and he's, uh, getting, not Budapest, he's in Austria somewhere. Honestly, I wouldn't, they call, like, I wouldn't they, agree, I wouldn't disagree with you with whatever you said, because I, I'll be honest, I cannot remember the locations to save my were, life. They Vienna to, was one of them? I know, they, 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 <laughs> might, the US, they, they might have been in Vienna, but they, I don't know. they were in a bunch of places, and when Bucky gets... You know, there's a SWAT team chasing after yep. Bucky. Captain gets to him first to try to reason with him and find out what's going on. And Bucky tells him he doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, the SWAT team break in. Bucky beats the living hell out. Captain helps a little <laughs> bit, but Bucky beats the living yeah, hell out. Yeah, what's that one spot so, where he's, so like, literally... He put, it's like Batman punching a guy through a fucking <laughs> box. It's like, oh, don't worry. It's not bad. It's like, no, you killed him. You, you killed him. If you, th- if you think he's mortally... What, what was it that he used to hit him? Because it was fucking, like, hard as hell. He, like, punched him in the head or something. And flew... Yeah, and he hit through the wall and left a big... No, don't worry. He's not alive. He's brain dead. Yeah. He, you yeah. know, he orphaned two and, children and a wife. Their names are Abigail, Susan, and Jeffrey. And then the other time, he he takes a, uh, a like, a battering ram... A, 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 you know, a ram that they, they have. Yeah. Like, one of those metal, and, yeah, metal rams. And, like, slams it into a guy. You know, with his superhero powers. You know, that that guy, yeah, that guy's dead. His organs are gone. Yeah. Like, there's nothing left in there. Yeah, so, did. like, so it's like, oh, if, you know, Captain didn't intervene, they would have gotten Bucky. It's like, no, he would have oh, gotten Yeah, Bucky. that's right. Wasn't it like he tossed, like, a cement block at him or something? It was I, something I, like that. I don't. Yeah. I don't remember. But oh, I but it was know. like, yeah, you're, you're dead. <laughs> Afterwards, they're like, oh, you know, when Captain and Co get captured, like, if you didn't intervene, we would have gotten Barnes. It's like, no, he would have killed them all. Yeah, and then yeah, escaped. like throwing them all down the stairs and escaped. You didn't coordinate your SWAT team attack enough. You fucking idiots. Yeah, <laughs> try again next time. It like. And it's like, literally, and, and Captain's like, he wouldn't hurt anybody. It's like, kind of like with Batman. It's like, oh, he doesn't hurt anybody. You see him, like, punch somebody through a fucking wall. It's like, yeah, that guy's dead. Yeah. Or, like, with, like, the whole chasing scene. He's, like, blowing up cars. Like, oh, no, he's alive. He just has really severe, <laughs> severe third-degree burns. <laughs> he wishes he's dead, but he's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it's like, no, that doesn't work that way. Don't... Yeah. And, and you, know what? you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Lupin, the first series, when Lupin gets arrested by Zenigata and put in jail. When he's making that break the first time, and he, like, sneaks up on the guards, and he ties them up with piano wire and hangs them, and he says, oh, you'll rest easy now. And the manga, there's no that. They just, they're hanging. They're dead. But in the Green Jacket series, it's like, ah, no, they'll rest easy. They're just not down. It's like, no, you hung them. You yeah. hung them from piano wire over, like, you know, yeah. over 10 feet in the air. They're dead. Yeah, they, now they, don't, they, you cut their artery. Yeah. They're gone. Yeah, don't, don't, you know, you're fucking lying to us. Don't yeah. do that. It's like, it's the same thing with this. It's like, Oh, the Winter yeah. Soldier wouldn't hurt anyway. Nah, he killed him. He has a metal arm, so probably if he's punching someone in the face, they've at least got a fractured jaw. Something. Something that's going to really nose, injure Yeah, their... nose is a little crooked, like, yeah. you know, breathing a little funny. Yeah. But, but yeah, the, I mean, like, that scene, though, with the, like, jumping down the stairs, the wire work that they got, is really good. Really, really good. It's high, te- and, high very high times. And, in, and, you know, you compare that to, like, Mortal Kombat, Annihilation, wire work. Oh, my God, it's much better. <laughs> it's a million times better. So, but, yeah, it's, it's really good and, and very, you know, and, and it's very well spaced throughout the film. You know, you get, you know, you get your quiet scenes, you get your dramatic scenes. But it's not like a ton of them. Right, right. They were there to break up. Because that whole scene of the break-in with uh, the police trying to capture Bucky, and then the chase that ensues is about 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you have, like, a nice five-minute quiet scene, and then it gets right back to it. Right. It's The, the film paces itself very well. Yeah. So there's a lot of action going on in it, so you're not, you're not going to get bored. You're going to, you know. No. No. And I think they did a really good job with, like, the effects with Captain America's shield. Yeah. It's really good. I, yeah, the, the be- you know, his signature, like, the shield being able to bounce off things. and hit, Yeah. yeah. It, it's all very good. The film looks very impressive. I mean, I, obviously, like, with, like, the shield bouncing off, you know, it's, like, CGI, but it's still all very impressive. It's, it was good. It was, yeah, it was really good, really good scenes. Um, was, there, was there anything that really stuck out to you that you didn't like about this film? I mean, the only thing I'd say is uh, the fact that at first I was lost, right? But as a viewer, that's my own fault. Because as I told you, yeah, this, yeah. As I told you, this the way Marvel has blocked out their series. It's a film serial. It's like the old Flash Gordons of like in like you know the film serials of like the thirties, twenties, and forties, where like you go to see a movie, like oh, if you go see this movie, you're gonna see the next episode of this, right? That, that's how they... I, I feel like, yeah, Marvel expects you to come in with the knowledge about Cap, at least Captain America and Iron Man. I mean, and, like, and, like, and, and so the Avengers. Well, yeah, and so you know who Bucky Barnes is. So you, right. know, so you know all that. And I'm not... And it's not a fault of the film. Because, for instance, one of my favorite films of all time is The Empire Strikes Back. Star Wars. Yep. It's the middle film of the, tri- the original trilogy... You kind of have to see the first one to know what's going on. So as a standalone film, is it like perfect on that? No, because it expects you to right. kind of know certain things. You've got to know it. But is it a great film? It's one of the best films ever made, in my opinion. But, but it, I, so and can you fault the film for that? No, because it's obviously setting up for something else. Right. Saying in this film, there was a pre- previous beginning to this, and at, by the end of this film, you're not end with a conclusive note. It's... Right. This is what we're heading to next. And yeah. so it's like, so it's kind of like you expect, like, if you're an old 90s kid, like us, 
to hear like tune in next time on Captain America, you know, right? And then like play like the clip that's gonna lead into like we meet Doctor Strange in the Black Panther's background, and then the Avengers fight Thanos. And I and yeah, you de- you can't fault the film for that. And I think that it does a good enough job of getting the point across to people who have not seen the other ones. So it's doing both things. It doesn't want to have to go back in time and be like, you know, previously in Captain America, uh, this shit happened. And, yeah, and this is why Scarlet, because like I said, all I see is the Avengers. So it's like, where's Hulk and Thor? They just right. mentioned like, well, yeah, it's like, no it's, like, it's like, you would be held responsible if you left, you know, yeah. megaton bombs just lying around. It's like, where's Thor and Hulk? It's like, oh, I don't know. I haven't seen the film, so I was like, I don't fucking know. Right. It's a good question. Makes me want to go watch the other films to figure that one out, you yeah. know. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't fault the film for, like, them not saying, like, Scarlet Witch and Hawkeye and stuff, because it expects you to know those are those characters. Right. Um, so, I mean, yeah, as as, you know... A film in, within the serial, it's good. I mean, but as a standalone film, yeah, I can obviously see how you would be lost in some points, being like, what the fuck is going on? Right. But, like I said, is that a fault of the film? No, because it's been blocked out in a certain way. Right. I mean, obviously, if I was like, if I was a Marvel fan, and obviously probably a lot of people listening to this have seen the other Marvel films, you wouldn't recommend this one right away. No, no. You would recommend like oh see Captain the first Captain America first see the Avengers first yeah. like you know something that's more accessible a, you, you know accessible. So I have a question and this might be a stupid one. Why did this? Why did Civil War get put under Captain America? Like why is it considered a sequel to Captain America rather than like Avengers Civil War? Because they just did an Avengers film. Right, but I'm, I'm like, so you think that's the only reason why? I think that's probably the main reason. You just saw an Avengers film, and they got more. Or like, why and not? They got, and they got two more Avengers films planned after this, based on them fighting Thanos. So yeah. why, why would you throw that under? And if you think about it, who's the protagonist in this film? Yeah, Captain America. They're basically I, saying I, I, from the outset that Captain America's right. I mean, and you can have the discussion on who you think is right, but the way the film frames it, it's more, it's more leaning, not, not like it's noticeable, but it is subtly leaning towards, like, like you know, like, kind of like elbow poking, like, hey, you know, Captain's probably the one on the right side of this. I mean, I think it's even, I think it's a little bit more than just elbow poking. I think they definitely are wanting the viewer to find that Captain America is right on this, um, from, you know... Black Widow's flip flopping to, well, I mean, you can see that happening though because even in the beginning when she says she should decide with Tony, she's very reluctant about it. Yeah, she thinks yeah we should have some control, but she's like, like come on, you know, yeah, you, you come on, like help help us out here. And then when he decides not to, she's like, yeah, well maybe this isn't such a good idea. I mean, I mean, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that Captain America wins. I don't know. I don't know if you can say wins. I mean, he basically wins. There's no winner at the end of this film. He basically wins. I can. He basically wins. He beats right? Iron Man at yeah. the end, but at the same time, 
There's, there's no resolution. There's, there's like, because as we said, the the villain in this film is basically he's there to get the whole kerfuffle going. Yeah, he doesn't really. He's a, and by, he's a red herring. But, he yeah, really yeah. Matter. By the end of it, he even says like, "I'm just this is what I wanted," and because he's you know got no big name or anything, he he did it because he wants you know he wants to see the Avengers pay for his own family's death. He's not some like it's the Red Skull. It's you know right. Yeah. Galactus behind all this. He's, yeah. he's just there. Yeah. So, and that works well. That does that. That is the Lex Luthor role done right <laughs> because they didn't. They didn't give this character any sort of big. He's not a big character. That I know. You know what? If they had someone like who's a big like Iron Man enemy. I don't even know. Mandarin? Like he's yeah. already been in Iron Man 3. I don't even know. Like, someone, though, like a big enemy within a Marvel universe. Well, to be, it, I would say, to be fair, um, one of the big enemies is Doctor Doom. Can't do Doctor Doom, though. Why? Because Sony still owns the Martin <laughs> Fantastic Four rights. So. Yeah. Or, like, you know, that's like saying, like, you know, you would take Doc Ock and make him the, the bad guy. Which wouldn't make sense, yeah. You know, because he doesn't mean anything to all of the Marvel superheroes, really. He doesn't mean anything to it. And also, he's you're, blo- you're blowing that. You're blowing you're low, him yeah. on something stupid that, that really is not going to... It doesn't have an, an overall effect on the film because, yeah, he's like setting things in motion, but it's not the main point. Something. So, what would have been cool as the villain for this? And I don't know if they'll do it. I don't think they'll do it. Because you got the upcoming Doctor Strange film. Mm-hmm. What would have been cool is to see that guy. Yeah, he's got the motors, but who is he controlled by? Mephisto, a Doctor Strange villain. A, you know, kind of a, right. a bigger named villain too. That would have been cool. And then you could kind of see like maybe how like Mephisto fits into everything. But you know, yeah, that that's just me. But yeah. But, but I I did like that they took someone who really didn't mean a whole lot to the universe. Cause, but I mean, like, yeah, because at the end, he hit the only point he has to the story is to set everything in motion. Right, right. Yeah, and that at the same time kind of uh, is Batman v Superman. Like it's the whole mom complex thing, which I don't know how at the end with Captain America saying he knew that. Bucky killed Tony Stark's parents, how he knew that. Maybe he learned in the other film? I'm not sure. I don't know. So I don't know, you know, how that revelation came to be. But at the same time, you think, for Tony, it's been like 30 years almost. So it's like, you would think you would have gotten over that. Like, oh, that guy's an asshole. Not like, ah. Yeah, there's a little bit too much of that that, um, playing out in this film. You know, right from the beginning when we kind of meet, when we first see Tony, and he's doing a whole illusion of his childhood where his parents left him, and he was, uh, you know, he wished that he hadn't said what he did when he, when they left. Mm -hmm. That, that's a little on the nose, a little too much, a little too much for that. Um, I think we could have done without it. It doesn't even really fit into that MIT discussion that No, no. So, yeah, I think that was a little on the nose, like, really leading up to that, to that sort of revelation, but other than that, I think it's, you know, I think that 
the flashbacks and everything were okay with Bucky Barnes, but uh, real quick, how about Paul Rudd? <laughs> Unfortunately, Ant Man gets like a small part in this film. To be fair, most of the yeah, most of the secondary cast even like does. even like Black Widow. I mean, Falcon, Falcon yeah. and Black Widow get kind of more. They're yeah, they're kind of like the mainstays of these, you know. But, I mean, at the same time, Ant-Man, Spider-Man has a cameo. Spoiler, if you don't didn't know by now, Spider-Man is going to be in the film. It's in the fucking trailer. <laughs> they should know. I know. Uh, but, um, War Machine. I mean, Paul Rudd's hilarious. He's great. I, I, One of my favorite parts of I know, of he film. literally is. And that might be, like, people probably, are you fucking kidding me? Like, Paul Rudd is hilarious in this. Like, I expect him... When you see him get revealed and he's popping out of the van, like, have a seer in a van, and he's like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. What's going on? It's on Halloween 6. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, every, I think he shines in, like, every scene that he's in. Even though he's in it for just a short time, even, like, when he's in the jail cell. They, they told and people, him. And he, they, they're like, he doesn't, they don't know who he is. Yeah, he's like, fucking hilarious. He's like, who the hell are you? He's like, oh, not you too. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. It, it's, it's like, great. it's like somebody told me, okay, pretend you're in a Judd Apatow film and act as dude, bro, dude, Douchey as you can, like do bro douchey. It's like okay, yeah, we're fine. Hey, is that Milwaukee's best contact? Yeah, right. right. It's great. It's great. I I love Paul Rudd, and I love him in this, and I don't think I could love him any less. <laughs> no, I d- I did think it like his cameo. This is you know, I guess it's more than a cameo. But I mean, I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought he was I thought he was really enjoyable. It did make me want to see Ant Man because at first, like when Ant Man came out, like oh Paul Rudd's fucking Ant Man, like. Yeah. And you you saw Ant Man, so I was like, wow. I mean, that's good. I like Paul Rudd, but I don't know how he'll do as a superhero. Yeah, and it's like, oh, you know, he's well. It's because it, it, it it's like a it's a goofy superhero. It's like this guy can shrink down, and you know, obviously, he uses a lot of CGI. He uses a lot of you know special effects and stuff. But that's the point. It's mm. it's supposed to be so ridiculous that it's funny. Yeah, but so, I mean, um, I thought Paul Rudd was good. How uh, about Spider Man? I liked him a lot, actually. I like Spider Man. Yeah. I I, I, li- I think he does does get to the heart of like who Peter Parker was in the comic series. V- so, much more smart alecky than Tobey Maguire. Right, right. Down, depressing. Which, to be fair, I know probably a lot of people, and I'm I'm just speaking in generalizations here. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I imagine if a lot of people rewatch the Spider Man films now, they'd be go Tobey. Fuck Tobey Maguire. Mm-hmm. I like him in those films. I think to- I think he does really good. Those I'm pretty like the first Spider-Man film. I'm pretty nostalgic over. I actually think you know Sam Raimi did a really good job. Yeah, it's, um, been, it's been a while since I've seen him, but yeah, um, it's another film I've seen like a thousand times. And I actually because like because I'm Spider-Man as well. Because I didn't even bother watching it, but as I said, I, I get Spider- the original Spider-Man is like a film I've seen like a thousand times because of FX playing it constantly. Yeah, um, dinner and a movie. <laughs> but uh I thought I did think Tobey I thought Tobey Maguire was pretty good he like took a different version of the character he wasn't you know, he was nowhere near smart assy but you know I thought he was pretty good this one's like the comic book he's like balls like hey you know what Captain I like what's going on you're pretty cool we should you know let's do this he's like we don't talk this much when we're fighting oh my bad sorry you know yeah yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed Spider-Man as well. And it does make me want to see the new Spider-Man. Which yeah, is oh fi- yeah. Like, this film at the end is like, Spider-Man will return. It's like, right. Dan, I was watching a Bond film from the 70s. Like, oh, Bond will return and for your eyes only. Yeah, this this was like, the, the end was like an advertisement for Spider-Man coming back, really. 
And I feel I felt bad for the people that left the theater before that happened because now they don't know. And they're fucking idiots. Now they don't know that Spider Man is returning again. Another reboot. <laughs> yeah, but well, I'm not, I thought I thought he did really well. I thought it was good. Um, I know you're all boner happy about uh, versus Tomeus is uh, that's right. Aunt May. I was just, I was kind of confused about that. Uh, I'm did surprised it, you didn't see like when they initially cast her. No, because I didn't. I there was a big thing because no, like, I told you. Yeah, May's fucking sixty years old. Why did they t- cast Maris? To I told you I went. Into, I go into this kind of shit blind, so yeah. I was like, "Oh, boobies are Aunt May now." <laughs> yep. But but I mean, <laughs> I saw a funny meme on like Facebook. It was like, uh, well, it said like, uh, <laughs> it had Spider Man from the uh, this film going like, well, sometimes when you have this kind of talent and whatnot, bad things happen to people and you wish you could kind of stop it and had a picture of Tobey Maguire going like, oh my god, with great power comes great responsibility, just fucking say it. <laughs> it's like, it was like the film's roundabout way of like, you know, yeah, that line, like, yeah. like, let's not beat that dead horse, but at the same time, it's like kind of what you expect. And as you said, when this new Spider-Man film comes, it's like, great, you get another fucking origin story? And as I told you, I think, no, they'll probably skip ahead. Yeah, I'm hoping and, so, because... And it might be, like, a quick flashback. Like, oh, you know, he died because of yeah, this. Yeah, because and... otherwise, then you gotta expl- you gotta return back to when Tony Stark stopped by and they gave him his new Spider-Man outfit. Yeah. We've already seen that. So now we gotta move forward. And it sounds like, from where Captain America Civil War started, you know, he hadn't fought any big... Things, yeah. He no, just I basically fought, like, small-time small, yeah. small crime. So, you know, we haven't seen any Doc Ox or, or, Green, or Green Goblin or anything like that. So, so you know, that's still to come, yet they can return to when he fought with the Avengers mm. in Civil War to get his new, you know, costume. So, that makes sense. Hopefully, they do skip over the, the uh, origin story or maybe just... Like, Plays real over, quick, yeah. like, this no, is him I, in I, school. I, and I, yeah, no, I, and I'm totally fine with that, because as we said, like, when we were reviewing Batman v Superman, it's like, oh, great, another origin story on how Bruce Wayne became Batman. So, like, at this point, because nerd culture has become more and more prevalent, it's like, everybody, like, it's like the fucking Zeus story of Greek mythology. Everybody at this point knows how Batman became right, Batman. Right, You don't need to see it, like, 15,000 times yeah. done different ways. Yeah, you know how, like, yeah. you know. Or even if you don't know, if you're like a little child watching the film with your parents or whatnot, just have them go, this is why he's that, and just move on from yeah. it. Because, I mean, as a viewer, I'm it's, that's becoming tiresome. Like, if they decide to reboot Batman again, it's like, God forbid, if I go into that film, it's like, oh, here's how Batman saw Martha and Thomas Wayne get gunned down. And it's like, yeah. God damn it, fuck this film. Just be like, you know, if you want to see that, and you want to know his origin story, just reference, you know, just, just watch Gotham. Just, just watch Gotham on Fox, because they're doing that whole thing right now. They need somebody to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> now I got renewed for a third season, so surprising. I haven't watched. I watched parts of the first season, but I didn't. I haven't seen all of it. So, and and it wasn't bad. Uh, so I mean, I sounds like a typical review of a Fox show. Wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was just there. You know, I think when it got to its second season, when it did Wrath of the Villains, I think then it really got better. Is what I'm hearing. So I don't know. I don't good to uh, know. good to know when you if you want to if you ever want to see it. But um, so 
I guess we can kind of briefly touch on the comparisons. Well, I was going to say, before we go into that, what do you think of some of the other heroes, like Black Panther? I like Black Panther a lot. I like the costume design quite a bit on Black Panther. I'm really excited to see a standalone movie for Black Panther, although they kind of touched on his origin story here within Civil War, so I'm I'm kind of I don't think, wondering where that na- that standalone film will go. I don't think it's going to be about his origin story. I think yeah. it's um, you know because I don't know at the, the same time as, at all. In, in this film you have him getting shot at and bouncing around so often. And it's like. Well, how are you doing that? He's like, uh, you know, his country is the only producer of this certain mineral that is yeah. able to do that. Bam! Done! Like, that's a three-second thing, and you can move on from it. I do think Black Panther is going to be pretty good. We talked about Spider-Man. Spider-Man, is gonna, I think, is going to be very good. Um, you know, War Machine doesn't really have that big of a part. Black Widow and Hawkeye. Hawkeye, not as, so, as much, but... He's- He's cool, but and yeah. he's not cool. It's, he doesn't have that big of a part. Black Widow does. Um, obviously, Ant Man doesn't really have that big of a part. He's in and out of the film. Um, the film, I, the film, just mainly focuses on three characters: Captain America, Winter Soldier, and uh, yeah. I mean, there's quick, there's quick scenes, but really, yeah, that's those are the big ones. But I think you know the the battles that they have. Are very good. They're very enjoyable. As I told you, I thought Deadpool might have been in the film because I thought I saw a few clips of him like showing up in there. But hmm. which that I think that would have been cool. Like, just him like popping and like breaking the fourth wall. Like, yeah, hey, Deadpool here. Uh, things look like they're gonna get a little hairy here. Um, not gonna be cool. Let's see what happens. Um, which I still need to see Deadpool. I'm really pissed off. I didn't see that in theaters, but I know. But, alright, so comparisons. Comparison to Batman v Superman. This is a thousand times better. It, it is a lot better. It is a lot better, but I think we need to we need to say why. Why is it a lot better? Because it is. Well, I think part of the <laughs> part of it is that it's just a lot more enjoyable all around. Uh, like, not, only that, not only that, one, it's established. That helps. Right. The fact that it has a set narrative already going on, it's already established its characters. And it, that that narrative makes sense. Yeah. That Iron Man versus Captain. Captain America actually makes sense. Whereas Batman v Superman is really stretching to get that that point across to really to figure out why does Batman really hate Superman and vice versa. Yeah. Like where is that coming from? In this one, at least there's a there's a pivotal you know, event that happens that's causing that that shift between them, their alliances. So, mm-hmm. um, and like you said before, Captain America: Civil War is not a movie that you need to check your mo- your phone every ten minutes. Like, how how much longer has, does this have? Which which is shocking too, because the scenes in the Civil War are much longer. Right. Whereas in Batman v Superman, each scene is like a minute long, like just quickly, like bam, 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 bam. But at the same time, nothing happens in those scenes. Nothing really engaging happens right. in those scenes. You don't really get to the, like, the meat of the film until like, the last third of the film, then you're like, why is Doomsday here? What the fuck is going on? You know, yeah. This is, you know, it's all, you know, set up perfectly. Yeah. To yeah, make, d- to make d- coherent sense, to, you know, to the viewer. Mm-hmm. It works like a serial in a comic. But not only, not only that, too, I think part of it also is Marvel, even though, yes, it's more, like, it's supposed to be serious, doesn't take itself so seriously. No. It's, 
does have great little one-liners and quips, like where you have uh, a scene where Falcon and uh, the Winter Soldier in a little tiny Volkswagen, while Captain's talking, and Winter Soldier's sitting behind Falcon, he's like, can you move your seat up? And Falcon's like, I fucking hate you. That's like, it's like, you know, it's little moments of levity like that, man. It's like, oh, you know, funny. It's like, you know, kind of keeping that comic book realm where Batman v Superman's like so dead set on being so serious, so like, oh, those... I tried to save this person, but they died, and the towers are falling. It's like, 9-11 all over again! It's like, you're really, you know... Yeah. This well, one knows when to be to be funny. Yeah. It can be funny. You know, it has that levity with Spider-Man and, and Ant-Man. It, it's got... Falcon 2 has got, a lot of Yeah, levity. Falcon 2, yeah. It's got a lot of those those areas where it can be funny. And so, I think that's that's another part of it that just makes it a lot more enjoyable. It's more fun to watch. I think the action's better. And the action and the CGI. It's much better. Much it better. It doesn't look as fake. No. Um, the action just feels much better paced. It's not just... Yeah, it's blocked out better. It's not just, you know, like, oh, we're going to fist fight and all this wrench. Granted, you know, like Batman taking Superman by his legs and swinging him around like a toy, you know, rag doll and fucking slamming him around. That, that's pretty cool. But at the same time, it's like that motorcycle chase scene, the car chase scene, and this is like, man, am I watching Captain America film or watching a Bond film? Right. It, you know, it's very, it's well done. It's well thought out and it all makes sense. It's not like, oh, we're soldiers on a motorcycle. Why? I don't fucking know. It all, it's all, it all makes sense. It all, you can, there's some logic behind like, everything that follows in this film. Yep. And like I said, it's not just, it's not like this bias. It's, I, I honestly think, I don't have a bias. I honestly think because Marvel has been doing this longer and like I said, they had everything so well planned out ahead of time. They know like everything kind of has to make sense where DC's now just are like, okay, well we're going to do Batman. We're super, we did, Man of Steel, so now we're going to do Batman vs. Superman, and we're going to do another Batman film, and then a Wonder Woman film, and then a Flash film, and then a Justice League film. It's like, they're just starting to get to it, and uh, I don't think they have, like, a central idea yet. Right. And I don't think Zack Snyder's the one they should have picked to figure that idea out. Probably not. Um, Honestly, I would have, like, I would have liked someone like Scott Snyder to do it. Who wrote the new 52 Batman? Who did a fucking fantastic job within that. I'm I'm nearly halfway through the new 52 version of Batman. And I love it. I gotta say that I love his style of Batman. I love what he's doing with him. Uh, you know, someone like that to plan out what Marvel would do with like the Batman universe would probably be better than someone who's just coming in to the film version of it. And I know some people defend Zack Snyder, like, oh, you know, he's uh, following, like, the Dark Knight Returns and, like, all that. I mean, at the same time, it's... Or Christopher Nolan. I mean, he did have some production credits on that, Christopher Nolan. But I don't think he probably gave his two cents for Probably not. I, think I would he, have rather had him... It was a paycheck of him just going, like, yeah, you know, yeah. probably throw a lighting, light or spot like an here. initial yeah. here. Initial here, Chris. Okay. All right. 
Is this $2 million coming my way? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying that he's more singly motivated by money, but he's probably got his other projects going on. Yeah. And he's like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much done with Batman, but you want to put me on as executive producer. If sure. he wanted yeah. to do more Batman, he would have done right, something exactly. else yeah. after Dark Knight Rises. There's like not... There's no reason for them to, after the third film, like, oh, he's going to fight Bane, and by the end, you know, be done being Batman. If he wanted to do more, he would have done more. Right, yeah. And I think, you know... And I'm not blaming him. No, no. I, you know, I appreciate that, you know, he was like, I'm done with Batman. That's it. He's done. Yeah. So, but I would have thought that, you know, maybe someone like him could have come up with something really good for, you know, or Grant Morrison, who's also written Batman previously, um... You know, someone who is very intimate with the the whole DC. I mean, ser- apparently Zack Snyder is too, because that whole opening shot, which I said, like, oh, that's great, with like the whole gun around the necklaces. Right. You know, it's all taken from Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns, but at the same time, it's the story is just such a mess and not well thought out. And, and I don't think you you can't blame Zack Snyder for all of that because there's you know this has gone through so many different. Producers and and at the same time, film kinda, critics. at the same time, you kind of can though, because if a if you're a great director and you're giving a shit script, you can make something work out of it. If you're a great film writer and it's given to a poor director, there's no saving it. Right. So you could you could be Stanley Kubrick. You can take something as crappy as possible, make it something. But I, I think that if 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 you're <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think of, you know, like, Orson Welles gives somebody, like, fuck it, if he gives Michael Bay a script, like, okay, listen, Michael, I want you to make a great film right now, you know, my version, like, if he hands him the script to Citizen Kane, it's gonna be awful, Well, and and that's just the way it is, like, it's... The story can only be as good as it's told by the storyteller. The direct, and the director is the storyteller. And I, I mean, I get it. I, 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 I do get that point, but I think that's boiling it down too much to the director's say. It, probably a lot of it has to do with... Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Um, uh, production time. Budgetary restraints. But at the same time, I I agree because you you do have a you know degree, especially with these big budgeted films like production oversight, and the producer saying like, "Nah, you can't do that because of this and that and that." But at the same time, a lot of these films, you kind of if you're a producer, you kind of got to probably be smart about it. Like, look, this film has Batman attached to it. Batman's huge. No matter what the fuck we're gonna do, it's gonna be big. So if you really want to make your most bang for your buck, you want to spend it as well as possible and make sure things are done right. Because even if it's done shittily, yeah, you're still going to make a profit, but is it going to do as well as a well-made one? No. Avengers made over a billion dollars. Why? Because it was not just because it's the Avengers, it's well done. If it was a shittily done Avengers film, it would have been like Batman v Superman. It would have done well in the first week and it would have plummeted afterwards. Yeah, I mean... And I so at that point, if you're a pr- producer, yeah, I know, like, oh, you gotta, I gotta keep things in check budget-wise, but if certain things mean a better film and a better, like, tr- telling of the story that fits kind of what people expect out of that narrative, you should just say fuck it and let and do that. 
because it's going to pay off more. Because if you keep, you know, restricting it that way, if you have a Justice League film and you say you can't do this, this, and this while introducing Doomsday, like Doomsday can't look, uh, not Doomsday, uh, Dark Side, he can't look like this. He can't do this, this, and this. Like, while you're stripping away do, uh, Dark Side's character, people are going to see it, like, oh, yeah, I want to see it. And then after the first week, it's going to plummet. Because people are going to be like, it's not, don't see it. This is why. Yeah, I mean, I think that's taken out of account, like, the time restraints, though, that you do have. And I think they, there's definitely some time restraints that we don't know about that, you know, you, know, you find out. Later on, I was like, yeah, you know, this isn't what we wanted, but just chop it anyway, because this is what we have to, we, we have to work with. Um, so, you know, it's, it's easy to say, you know, poor script, poor director, whatever is the cause of it. But I think that there's a lot that goes into it that doesn't get taken. And, and, you know, Zack Snyder's going to take the brunt of it. And, you know, a good director will just accept it rather than saying, you know, no, that was fucking Warner Brothers that really fucked that up. You know, you, you don't really have that leeway. <laughs> you well, have to take the brunt of it. And... Who was directing Jesse Eisenberg to play a mixture of the Joker and right, right. the Riddler instead of Lex yeah. fucking Luthor? Yeah. I don't want to hear his bullshit. Oh, he's Lex's son, like the original Lex. No, no. I don't want to hear that. Lex Luthor, you know. I understand. He thinks, like, According to like the comics, like he thinks faster than like a computer, like a supercomputer, because that's like his level of mind and his in- intellect. Doesn't mean he has to be like a stammering, like bumbling buffoon who's like, "I'm gonna put Jolly Ranchers in this guy's <laughs> mouth." Yeah, I'm I'm kooky. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I, we gotta wrap this up. Anything else you want to say about uh, Captain America: Civil War? It's good. Um, would I recommend it for somebody who hasn't seen anybody go at any of the other Marvel films? No. I'd say check out the other ones first. Because that's what I want to do now. I do want to go back I do, and I do want to watch the other ones. And it makes me look forward to the other ones. Yeah. I did like the Avengers a lot. I thought Avengers was very well done. Um, and that you didn't need to know as much going into. Um, this one you kind of need a little bit more because, uh, like Scarlet Witch, I didn't know that was Scarlet Witch until after the fact. Nope. I knew who Vision was and you know Falcon, but this you know at the same time, if you didn't know anything about the comic books, you'd be like, "Who the hell is that?" Right? You know. So I I wouldn't recommend it for anyone who hasn't been into the Marvel universe, but if you have seen a good majority of them, check it out. It's very good. Yeah. And I can't wait to see what they do later on. It makes me really look forward to Doctor Strange, Black Panther, and the upcoming battles. Thanos, which they do hit at the end of the uh, the original Avengers that Thanos is coming, so it'd be pretty cool to finally see how that all goes down. And I don't know that much about Doctor Strange, um, but I think, you know, seeing Marvel's universe right now, I'm really interested in it anyway, you know, not even knowing that much about it. Like, I didn't know that much about Captain America Civil War, still went to see it, still enjoyed it. So I think they can do the same with Doctor Strange. Um, Black Panther, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, I was very interested in his character uh, within <clears throat> a Civil War, and I'm I'm excited to see where they go with it, especially with him being, you know, a, the specific um, protagonist of that film. Um, I just I really like the costume for one thing. That's that's like one of my favorite things about it. Um, 
I'm excited for Spider-Man. Even though that this is technically like a third reboot. Um, which is cringeworthy, but at the same time, it's like... Like, like I said, like, yeah. Like, I, don't, I, I, I mean, I think you just better get used to it. Because I don't think you're... I don't think it's going to... You know, reboots of reboots are going to go in, away. I know, but at, at the same time, that's like... It's fucking annoying. Like, okay, yeah. in 2007, you have a new Spider... Like, Spider-Man 3. Then, like, 2009, another Spider-Man. Then by 2015, you got another... You know, retelling of the origin. It's... That is right. ball-numbingly... Infu- like, no. Like, you're going to reach a point where people are going to tune out. Like, no. Yeah. But I think because this is it's connected to this film, I think it'll do fine. Yeah, I think it'll do fine. But and I am excited for it. Um, anything else? Then? What else we got coming out? Uh, I think that's it, right? I mean, as far I as Guardians of the Galaxy, but we haven't watched. I have seen the first one. Oh, you did? I see did it? enjoy it. Is Chris Pratt in the new one? I think so. I'm hoping so because I, I, I love Chris Pratt. He loves every everybody. He loves visiting children with cancer. I mean, who doesn't love the guy? He loves his wife and the first. He loves his wife. Who doesn't love the guy? He loves drinking. Who doesn't love the I, guy? I saw it like a uh, a, <laughs> a podcast. It was an article on Anna, about Anna Faris's uh, podcast. She's talking to like Aubrey Plaza. Like, have you seen my husband's balls? They're pretty, aren't they? And Aubrey's like, I can't say that I have. Oh, okay, <laughs> I was gonna say, I was like. Wow, she, I guess she, they she, got really intimate. On she the she the was talking, I think, to her and uh, I think Jennifer Lawrence. I can't remember, but she's like, because they had, I think, like two, they had like two romantic spots with them or something. And Anna was like, "Have you seen his balls? They're perfect. They're beautiful." And they're like, oh, "I can't say that we have." Well, <laughs> no one would say that my balls are beautiful because they're. They would just say, "Wow, those are hairy." <laughs> wow, those haven't been touched. Well, why don't you in groom the Stone them. Age? Groom them. Be a man. I should, I guess, but get some, get some hedge clothes. Wow, those have veins sticking out of them. <laughs> I don't know. That's probably what they would say. I mean, when I'm thinking of like beautiful balls, I'm thinking like they've just had them like glitterized or whatever. You know, like where they like <laughs> have glitter, like, like they like replace they like shave it all off like with like one of those like nice straight razors with like with like <laughs> what a dangerous the, the, operation the mortar man. and pestle <laughs> of like applying the shaving cream. <laughs> they shave it all off and then they like put like this nice glue down and they like throw some glitter at it. I'm like those are beautiful balls. That's what I, that's what I'm thinking of when they say that. So now I'm imagining Chris Pratt with glittery balls, glittery balls and <laughs> and I have to say that does seem like a beautiful image. But Ron Swanson would not approve. <laughs> I know, but um, I can't remember. Was it you or uh, our friend Matt that was saying? And I think he was saying like how like I want to go to a diner and order eggs and bacon. I want to order all of your eggs and bacon before you stop and ask me again. I didn't say I want a lot. I want every single egg and bacon you have in this restaurant. Yeah, that that was Ron Swanson. I think I think it might have been. I love that. I think it might have been Matt. Well, that would probably be Matt because he's. But yeah, like say his eggs and bacon. But that's right. I mean, that's great. I would love to go to a diner. Like, I want eggs, all of your eggs and bacon. Your stop. I want every single egg and bacon. You have. <laughs> Come out with like trays of like fried eggs and bacon. Like, oh yeah, I love bacon, but not too overcooked. Oh, yeah. Not too crispy. Who likes their bacon totally burnt? My mom does. My mom loves it really crispy. And I'm like, when I make it, I make it just just, just a little crispy. I like it kind of chewy still. You gotta have it medium. Yeah. 
No, yeah, yours is not medium. That's I like mine. Not yeah, I would say mine's medium. I would say mine's medium. Because if it's like char- if it's totally cooked, then it's like nothing but charcoal right. dust, and then no, I don't like that. Ruins the bacon. Yeah, I mean the crisp is nice, but then at the same time you're losing the flavor of the bacon. Exactly. That's how I feel. So mine's like you know mine's a little crispy, but not super crispy. I feel her bacon now. Mm. Nice demerara too. We gotta wrap this up. We gotta wrap up Blood and Black Ground podcast. So, out of uh, what do I normally do? I normally do ten. Yeah, mm-hmm. out of ten shields, Captain America shields. What would you give Civil War? Seven and a half. Seven and a half shields. Well, his shield doesn't come in halves. Well, this one does. It's government owned. It can't be. It's not broken. Even Black Panther can't. Cut it in half. He can scratch it, but he can't cut it in half. I'm saying seven and a half. It's just not possible. I'm not giving it a half score because you can't fucking cut his well, shield in half. It's not a quite. It's not a seven. And it's not an eight. I give it an eight. I had to round up. Yeah. All right. I mean, I'm taking the half off for the simple fact I haven't seen the other films. And you I can't have, take the half off for that. I am. That's yeah. your fault. I know you, it is. No, take no. no you no. take. No, so you no, no, take no. it off yourself, and you leave the eight. No, it's, it's a seven and a half. If I seen the other films, and I knew more what was going on overall in the overarching story, then yeah, it's, it's a solid eight. It's a very enjoyable summer blockbuster film. It and it's not even summer yet, because it snowed here yesterday. Yeah, well, and today. Well, it's... Summer for begins in the middle of eight, uh, before March even is over with. If you haven't <laughs> seen the brewery list of summer rails out by then, but that's right. So, but uh, yeah, no, a seven and a half. Seven it's, and it, a half for you, eight for me. Even though shields don't come in halves. <laughs> I can't. I can't put up with that. I can't put well, up. Then that's your. That's your own fault. Uh-huh. It's your own fault. What are we back with next time? I thought we already decided. I think we did, actually, didn't we? Mm-hmm. That's like the one of the first times we've ever decided, like, next time we're definitely doing this. Mm-hmm. It's like, we don't, we don't plan. We don't have a schedule. We don't have a calendar that's like... We're not you know, beholden to anybody. Exactly. No, we... Normally, on the night that we were supposed to podcast, we say, what are we doing? And we sit there for like 15 minutes, like, I don't know what we're doing. So look at Netflix or something. Let's look at your shelf. I don't know. But this time, next time, we're doing Fallout 4. New, that's a little different. We're doing Fallout 4. We're not doing a movie. We're not doing a TV show. We're doing Fallout 4. A game. You have Fallout, You just recently bought Fallout 4, but you borrowed it from a friend. Mm-hmm. I have had Fallout 4 since... And I have been playing it since Christmas. So, that's a long fucking time that I've been playing it. Because I play it on the... You know, I don't really play it on the weekdays. Play it on the weekends. Uh, I've, you know, found over 300 locations, and... There's over 300 of that? Uh, I've seen online as many as 350. That's bullshit. I have found 313 or something like that. Fallout 3 had, like, 120. I'm getting annoyed at the fact that there's so many close by, like... When yeah, you know, because like, you at, can't, like, look at your map without being like, what the fuck is like, that? Like, you go to, like, I'm getting, like, annoyed, like, when I'm, like, in a city and there's, like, five places, like, the Gwinnett Restaurant, the Gwinnett Brewery. It's, like, they're the same building. Why are you fucking separate? Like, I know. Well, which we'll talk about. We'll <laughs> talk about it in the next, uh, the next podcast, but yes, we'll be back with Fallout 4. We'll be discussing the 
I don't know about the entire end game because you probably won't have finished it by then, but we'll definitely be discussing the discussing the mechanics, how much we're enjoying it, uh, where it ranks in our fall. Where, yeah, because we we because we have played um, the Bethesda Fallout series. Yes, yes. Uh, I played a little bit of like Fallout One and Two or One, but I wasn't really a huge fan. So well, I haven't have played either one. Yeah, so yeah, but uh, we'll be back next time. Fallout Four video games. Play it first. You won't finish it by the time we get back. So you know, just give it a go, um, and we'll be discussing it uh, on the next podcast, probably next week, because we don't need to. We're already we're already immersed in it. We're already playing it. We're already within it. So we don't need to like watch anything for it. We can just yeah. talk about it. So we'll be back next week. Fallout Four. Thanks for listening to us. Uh, I'll end this podcast with. All of the random shit that I always do. Uh, you can catch us on Facebook, Blood and Black Rum Podcast. Like us, comment on our stuff, tell us how much you like our voices. They're velvety. They they sound like Hostess Cupcakes Robert, taste. Robert so Goulet. That's right. Uh, you can find it me on Twitter at Ryan R Y N E T M I A D W. Uh, I will tell Martin whatever you want me to tell him. So. You, uh, you you tweet me and you you want me to give a message to Martin, I will certainly do that. You can also email us, bloodandblackrumpodcast at gmail.com. It's a very long email address, but trust me, it's worth it when you email us. Uh, you can also catch us uh, on SoundCloud. We are Blood and Black Rum Podcast on SoundCloud. Pop it in the search bar and uh, you will find us. Normally, our podcasts go up on there first, and then they are added to our RSS feed, which then is fed to iTunes, which pops up maybe a couple days later. Uh, so our iTunes, we're also on at Blood and Black Rum Podcast. Please give us a, a subscribe and give us a review. Review us. Give us five stars. Tell us, tell everybody how much you like us. Uh, lastly, we're on different sites like Stitcher. Uh, we don't do a whole lot on that. We're not very active on that, but you can also catch us on there if you if you use it for whatever reason. And um, that's about it. That's 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 all of us. So uh, for Martin, who just went off to the bathroom because we had three beers already, uh, thanks for listening to Blood and Black Rum podcast, and we'll be back next week with Fallout Four. But let us know if you want to hear anything else for us to cover, and we will certainly do that. Thanks for listening. Have a good night.